0: Hey, everybody, it's your old pal, the Proop Dog. I have a brand new comedy album out called The Resistance, recorded live at the Punchline in San Francisco. Jennifer did the cover photography. Ryan McManaman uh, produced and edited the album, and I'm very, very proud of it. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and all exciting web platforms. Here's a tiny sample. I want the next president to be a woman, but I've got very specific about what I want in this, because you hear it from men all the time. Well, I'd have voted for a woman, but just not that woman. (laughs) (laughs) See, I killed my mother with a 3D gun I printed at my house the other day. (laughs) Here are my qualifications for a woman president. Uh, I want her to be a congenital liar. I want her to be wildly unsuccessful in business and leave a trail of tears and racism everywhere she's gone and unpaid bills, lawsuits, and unhappy contractors. I want Susan Sarandon to stump for her. (laughs) I want her to be wildly out of shape with a messed up haircut that looks like she sprayed it on and then taped it down. <laughs> I want her to be a known predator, you know. I want her to say things like, you grab them by the man bag, that's what you do, man. Anyway, I hope you find the time, uh, if you can, to buy a copy of the album. It's called The Resistance and you can download it right now. This is Greg Proop saying thank you. Hooray, hurrah. Once again, the smartest man in the world, Proopcast, takes to the ether, this time from the salubrious confines of the Hilton Garden Inn in Frederick, Maryland. Yeah, that's right. We're quite near the uh, Civil War battle site of Antietam here, um, which was one of the most horrible and deadly battles of the entire Civil War. And that's the sounds, the dulcet sounds of Aretha Franklin uh, doing yet another cover of The Young Rascals Groovin'. It is, in fact, a Sunday afternoon. And uh, as I prepare here to get ready to go, to do the Who's Live Anyway show uh, tonight with uh, Dave Foley sitting in for Ryan Stiles, that's right the genius from Kids in the Hall, Joel Murray uh, a genius in his own right, Jeff Davis who uh, can barely hang out with us and um, the delightful and uh, unbelievably talented Bob Durkach, who when I played in Toronto's picture was all over the walls of Second City. Um, yeah. It's uh, been another crazy week here in Crazy World, and so much has gone on, but let's look at all the positives first. I refuse to let these people get me down, and by these people, I mean uh, the white, aged minority that controls the government and seems to make decisions about everything regardless of what anyone else wants, um, the people that are doing violence um, in the name of Jesus or the name of white supremacy, and all those other people that make your life um, so difficult to get through and so hard to sleep uh, at night worrying about all these things let's instead uh, go right to the most important story of the week which was uh, initially given to me by Jeff Davis in the back of the um, van on the way to a gig this is from the Guardian newspaper Um, and it's all about an emotional support squirrel but the writing on this one is particularly superb even though there's no byline U.S. woman removed from plane after boarding with, quote, emotional support squirrel. Flight from Orlando to Cleveland was delayed by two hours. And then the, the second subheading is, I think, my favorite thing I've read this year. Frontier Airlines says rodents are not allowed on its planes. Well, thank you for clearing that up, Frontier Airlines. I haven't flown Frontier in quite some time, but my recollection is it was full of rats. The passenger was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, even though it was an evening flight. Literally, as it turned out, the passenger was a squirrel. It hadn't scampered onto the plane while people or bags were being loaded or anything like that. A human passenger had brought the squirrel on board with hers as her emotional support animal. When she refused to leave and take her squirrel with her, the police were called. The woman and the squirrel were removed from the Tuesday evening flight by the police. The passengers all had to disembark and reboard, causing a two-hour delay in the departure of Frontier Airlines flight 1620 from Orlando to Cleveland. Now, that had to be a fun flight, right? Because... The Orlando to Cleveland flight is decidedly the Disneyland back to Cleveland flight. And there's no other reason to go to Orlando other than to go to one of those enormous orgiastic weird amusement parks like Epcot or Pirate World or Marine Land or the aquatic mammal concentration camp or whatever it is you're going to down there in between hurricanes um, to gorge on fast food and to drink your way around the world in that weird Disney theme thing. Uh, Frontier said the passenger noted in her reservation that she was bringing an emotional support animal, hyphen, But she did not indicate it was a squirrel. The airline, yes, the air conditioning kicked in. You'll probably hear vacuums as well. Last week when we did the show from Chicago, you could hear the L rolling over and people honking outside. I can't help it. Uh, The company said the police were called when the passenger refused to leave the plane. Police then requested the other passengers disembark while officers dealt with the woman. I don't even know what that means. How do you deal with someone who won't give up their emotional support squirrel? I had an emotional support chipmunk all through school, and he and I were inseparable. We, we, we ate together. I carried him in my knapsack. Uh, then we'd uh, walk along picket fences and run a stick along them and whatnot. Sometimes we'd roll a hoop, and Aunt Becky would have us whitewash. Wait a minute. I'm confusing myself with a Mark Twain character. Uh, police requested the, oh yes, the incident followed others where an emotional support peacock, Dexter, was barred from boarding a flight with its owner earlier this year, and of course, Pebbles, the emotional support hamster, which ended up, I, I don't even want to read this, there's a trigger warning here. Before I go any further in this, if you have any love for hamsters, you may be triggered by the next part of the sentence, which ended up flushed down a toilet, I'm sorry. The name of the squirrel, and this is the second best sentence in this article. The name of the squirrel has not yet been released. Frontier's current policy bans unusual or exotic animals, including rodents, reptiles, insects, hedgehogs, rabbits, sugar gliders, non-household sugar gliders, non-household birds, or improperly cleaned and or animals with foul odor. I assume um, no kinkajous, no bush babies, no mongoose. Although I don't think you're allowed to bring a mongoose anywhere, are you? The thing about mongooses, you can't take them anywhere. They're just insufferable. They're so superior about their ability to hypnotize snakes um, that they just, they're just they not very good company, I find. Whereas squirrels um, are pretty delightful. I mean, they will dig up your yard and hide stuff, and then they forget everything. Um, in our yard, they dig up uh, and hide pecans everywhere, and then you find them furiously searching for them. It's that combination of having no short-term memory and acting like you're on a mixture of amphetamine and marijuana. So you've got a task to do, which is to chew every pecan off the tree and then bury them everywhere. But then you forget where you buried them all because you have no short-term memory because you have a brain, the size of a squirrel. Um, So thank you uh, for uh, indulging me on my squirrel. I I was just excited to know that the peacock was named Dexter and that the hamster was named Pebbles. And I'm very, very sorry um, that Pebbles Uh, was flushed down an airport toilet. (sighs) She was scared. I was scared. It was horrifying trying to put her in the toilet. I sat there for a good 10 minutes crying in the stall. Well, I guess you're at an airport. There's not a lot of options. You could have let the hamster run free, but that's probably not a very good idea either. Uh, Let's get to um, the legends and uh, the people who make America um, the awesome place that it can be. Uh, Jennifer has sent me this as as she has so much of this week's show um, let's see here Ray Montague a little rock native is swirling in the stars she's part of the hidden figures that is to say the black women who worked for the military in the 60s and they were segregated against and forced to use separate bathrooms they weren't allowed to eat lunch with the others um, with the white people and um, there was a, a great deal of prejudice against them. They were to keep low-level jobs. But no, oh, of course, as you know, the story of the hidden figures, some of them went on to be noted physicists and do um, calculations that made our space program possible. Our space program, which was populated and is still dominated um, by white military men. Ray Montague um, was a Little Rock native. She became a pioneer for minority group women as a civilian engineer with the U.S. Navy. And listen to this. She... Uh, Her trailblazing work in a 33-year career, she revolutionized the way the Navy designed ships by developing, developing a computer program that created rough drafts of ship specification. That allowed the Navy to cut the time it took to build a ship's draft design from two years to 18 hours and 26 minutes. She fought discrimination at every step of her career. I had to run circles around people, but when they found out I really knew what I was talking about, they came to respect me. I worked long hours and traveled for the job because I couldn't say I wanted the same wages as the guys. If I couldn't, I had to do all the same things in reason that they did. When a coworker wouldn't show her how to operate a computer, she taught herself. When she was required to work nights to get a promotion, she bought a car and learned to drive on the go. When a supervisor decided he wouldn't allow her to work nights alone, she took her mother and son to work. And when the Navy awarded her the Meritorious Civilian Service Award, and someone made a threat on her life telling her not to receive it, she accepted the award anyway. She always made it a point to just try to meet every challenge with a a smile, David Montague said. She became widely recognized after Hidden Figures was released in 2016. The movie told the story of black female mathematicians who weren't credited for their achievements and the impact they made while working for NASA. Um, Good Morning America aired Montague's story in 2017, and the Navy officially named her own Hidden Figure, acknowledging the prejudice she endured while doing her job to keep Americans safe. She was born in 1935 and grew up in segregated Arkansas. By the way, this is the Arkansas Online News. Um, she uh, was unable to pursue engineering in college because the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville would not accept black students. So she attended Arkansas Agricultural, Mechanical, and Normal College, now the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, and studied business. After she graduated, she caught a train to D.C. And determined to find a job related to engineering. She started as a clerk typist and worked her way up to become the first female program manager of ships and the Navy's foremost expert on computer-aided design. She was involved with STEM before it was sexy, said Annabeth Gorman, executive director of the Women's Foundation, Arkansas. Um, She's an amazing individual. And if people tell you, oh, anyone in this country, if they work hard enough, can make it, um, they're white and privileged, and that's why they're saying it that way. You have to work extra super brilliantly hard as a woman and as a person of color and a woman of color, you're really at the bottom of the ladder and you have to be extraordinary just to get what a normal, mediocre white guy would get. People go on and on and on and on about how um, they feel beleaguered as white people. Well, it's ridiculous. You have an advantage simply because you're white, because white is, whiteness is an artificial construct that we've created to make ourselves superior to everyone else. And these guys who run around the streets of New York City after attending a Republican candidate for governor's banquet and chase people rounds with a sword and beat people up and they're white supremacists and whatnot, they're the most embarrassing people you could possibly imagine. They're an insult to humanity. To think that you're superior because you're a man and because your skin color is different than someone else isn't a political point of view. It's being the most base and horrifying type of individual I can think of. Racism is a plague, as I've said, and white supremacy is a scourge in the United States. To see someone like Ms. Monique excel against all odds, against all prejudice, against the fact that she was a woman and that she wanted to do something that only men were allowed to do then. So let's look at the beauty of that. The breakthrough that she had and look at everything that's come after her. Now there are women scientists. Now there are black women in every level of government and hopefully soon a black woman governor of Georgia. And we'll get into that in a while, Um, which is why I refuse to look at the negative side of everything. Rebecca Solnit, who's quite a good author and a commentator on our times and a clear eyed observer of what's going on as the rising tide of fascism walls up around us and we see the autocratic tendencies of our dime store dictator and his terrible, terrible lies and and hideous proclamations and his veneration of Robert E. Lee and some nonsensical rally in front of a bunch of unhappy white people um, that are paid. Uh, these false equivalencies and these whataboutisms about how the left is out of control and all that, that's a terrible narrative that's being pushed on you um, by the right wing media. And when I say right-wing media, I mean the mainstream and the right-wing media. Mainstream media, people like Chuck Todd, whatnot, people who do network television shows, um, really, really want the status quo to remain because they have a nice house and they get nice lunches and they get to um, hang out with people they like to hang out with and they have, um, you know, expense accounts at um, important stores and things like that. And they don't want their privilege to disappear and they will fight tooth and nail. To pretend that this is normal, to pretend that what Orange 45 is doing, going and having campaign rallies, which is what these are, there's no reason for them. He should be having press conferences. And at the press conferences, they should be asking him the question, why is your criminality allowed to continue? We know for a fact that he is a tax fraud and that he hasn't paid his taxes in New York. We know for a fact that his son-in-law is a tax fraud and hasn't paid taxes in years through legal means of being devious, which makes them smart, right? Because being devious and cheating the system and gaming the system and pushing the refs until they don't know how to call any plays anymore is what being a grown-up white man is all about, right? Taking all you can get, like Wilbur Ross or, or Jared Kushner or any of the cranks that are in his administration. And he gave this terrible speech about Robert E. Lee the other day. Well, Robert E. Lee is not a hero. Robert E. Lee was an intelligent person. However, Robert E. Lee had an awful fault. He was an insane racist. He was given the choice to command the Union Army, since we're so near Antietam, this comes to mind, and he turned it down to um, command the Army of Virginia. Why did he do this? Because he was a slave owner, and he was particularly harsh on runaway slaves and had them flayed by his overseers, some of which refused to do it. You can read first-person accounts by the slaves themselves of what it was like to be recaptured by Robert E. Lee's crew and brought back to the plantation and whipped furiously until your skin was lacerated. The whole idea of the Civil War was that the Confederacy wanted to maintain slavery so that they could carry on the subjugation selling and sexual abuse of black people. And it's that simple. You can split hairs any which way and call it the war between the States, states or the war of northern aggression or it was an economic issue But it's absolute and complete and utter bullshit. One half of the country wanted slavery. The other half was fighting to preserve the Union. And then, of course, we ended up with institutionalized slavery, which is the story of America. What was the point of your diatribe? Um, the, The president should be having press conferences, not giving these insane... Campaign rallies where people chant "lock her up" at a dazzling variety of women. Now, now we're locking up Diane Feinstein uh, as well as Hillary Clinton, both of whom have committed no crime and are, in fact, intelligent, concerned, active, um, really vital people to the body politic in America. Lock her up, as we've discussed on the show, means we need women to shut up. Bob Corker said it the other day. You may have seen a video on Twitter where a woman very respectfully and in a very calm tone of voice said, why did you choose Judge Kavanaugh? Uh, what do I tell my daughter and my granddaughters? And he said, this is my press conference and you need to be quiet. And that about sums that up, doesn't it? Uh, so for Ms. Montague to succeed against those odds, you have to understand that uh, it's, it's important for us to relate to our brothers and sisters of all uh stripes and genres and skin colors and religions and that these um white supremacist guys who run around in the street um need to be jailed let's be honest i'll i'll, re- I'll hit you with a little statistic here if you want it's it's not very um i know we don't like statistics but um uh, ryan knight um uh, tweeted it and uh, Murders committed by domestic extremists in the United States, 74% by right-wing extremists, 24% by Islamic extremists, 2% by left-wing extremists. So let that be the end of the argument that leftists cause violence. You may remember the Very Fine People Charlotte in Charlottesville incident uh, where Ms. Heyer was uh, killed by a, na- a neo-Nazi white supremacist. Um that is still a terrible, terrible blight on this country. The fact that he doesn't have to answer for that every day, uh, and by he, of course, I mean urge forty five, is something that keeps me up at night. Well there you are. Um but as I was beginning to say at the beginning, Rebecca Solnit, um talks about hope and she says hope isn't the idea that everything's always gonna turn out all right. It's the idea that understanding that the terrain is difficult and that there's gonna be a lot of obstacles, and that you have to be clear eyed about reality. Um, yes, we've got the midterms coming up, and it's imperative that you vote. Um, as I said before the election in 2016, it's imperative that you vote for Democrats. Democrats are pro-choice. Democrats are pro-labor. Democrats um, want there to be a living wage. Democrats um, want believe in things like health care and gun control. And there's a huge difference. I used to say there was a nickels worth of difference between the parties, but now there isn't there's an enormous gulf between the parties yes there's right-wing democrats like joe manchin or joe manchin rather uh, and and others but that's because we have a big tent democrats include everyone for instance black people and liberal women like Frederica wilson like prama Paul, like uh maxine waters uh, we we allow um liberal women to be in our party we don't castigate them whereas the you notice the republican women have really fallen in line with orange 45 and are taking that tack of that women aren't to be believed uh, women aren't to be trusted women are to be silenced women are to be dealt with summarily Um, let's talk about where we're going to play i'll be in portland oregon and at the helium comedy club uh, this thursday uh, so you can come and see us there at the podcast. It's 8 o'clock at night. The Helium's a wonderful club in the Hipster District. It's right next to a pot store, an Italian restaurant, and a bicycle shop. I can't think of anything more Oregon than that, uh, unless there was a coffee shop inside it. And uh, Doug Benson, who I saw last night in Washington, D.C., we were hanging out. He came to the show, the Who's Line show. Uh, we were um, smoking a bone, as it were, once, uh, and, for, and it was raining, and we were taking cover next door and the guy from the bicycle shop came out and said do you mind there's dope smoke blowing into the bicycle shop and of course there were children in there and so we were like no go away uh yeah of course we stopped and we ran away uh, i'll be there all weekend too uh performing at the helium doing stand-up on friday saturday and sunday night a uh, one show on sunday and i'll be doing a lot of material off my new album the resistance and i want to thank everybody who bought the resistance um it's uh It's brand new. I made it a month ago in San Francisco at the Punchline. It's all about politics. It's all about the Me Too movement. It's all about Mark Zuckerberg and Cambridge Analytica. It's all about Orange 45. It's all about Hillary Clinton. It's all about everything that's happening right now. I wanted to rush it out. And Ryan McManaman, who engineered the record and cut it and edited it. Uh, Jennifer, who, of course, helped me with everything. And everybody at the Punchline who worked so hard on it um, and allowed me to do the record there. Deserve loads and loads of credit. Jennifer did the cover photo. Um, It's going to come out in vinyl in a couple months. Uh, She did the cover photo and the back cover photo and um, and did a magnificent job. Uh, Ryan worked very hard on it, and um, I'm really proud of the album. So if you want to give it a whirl, it's on iTunes. It's also on Spotify and all the other platforms. It's called The Resistance. And I've had a lot of uh, nice comedian friends help me and support me which uh, really moves me beyond measure I complain a lot about comedy and how much I hate men in comedy but I had um, you know Eliza Skinner and Kathleen Madigan Alonzo Bowden, Ben Glebe um, uh, I'm forgetting people Oh, uh, Liz Winstead of course who's magnificent uh, Judy Gold um, just so many nice people uh, came to my uh, aid the second I asked them to the minute I asked them to help me and could they tweet um, you know for my new album they did. Rhea Butcher and Guy O'Beeleum, Colin Mochrie, uh, Jeff Davis, Joel Murray, um, Ryan Styles, Booth B. Graffo from England, an old buddy of ours, Jen Kirkman, uh, I think I've got everybody, uh, have all come through for me and really plugged the uh, show. Oh, Dave Foley did as well. You'll excuse me. Um, so thank you. It was number one for a brief shining moment on iTunes which I was very excited about. It's nice to see, uh, you know, I, I know that uh, you probably think I get plenty of um, thanks for my work, but um, an album is a different animal and it lives forever. And so it was exciting to see it in the number one spot for however briefly. Uh, let's see here. We're doing the podcast at Helium. We talked about that. Then we're back at, uh, in Hollywood and the Nightmare Before Christmas, a gig that I love so, 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 so so much. Um, Danny Elfman will be there, Pee Wee Herman, Catherine O'Hare, Ken is Oogie Boogie, um, Randy Crenshaw and me from the original picture in the chorus and that's the 26th, 27th and 28th at the Hollywood Bowl and I think there's some tickets available still it's going to be a humdinger Um John Macheri uh, conducting the orchestra um, who I have the greatest possible respect for. I laugh like a child through the entire thing. I really do. I'm giddy. I, I can't get enough of this gig. It's my favorite thing that I do. What about Whose Line? Yeah, Whose Line's fun. What about who's live anyway? The live show. I love it. I love it. I love the guys. What about your stand-up? I put my heart and my soul in a stand-up. What about the podcast? The podcast is Jennifer and I's child. It's it's more important than me than anything else in the world. To sing in front of a live symphony orchestra and have Danny Elfman come out and uh, be so awesome is... Uh, I'm ecstatic, what can I tell you? I'm elated, uh, I'm uh, exalted. I don't know what other adjectives I can pile on it. Then Colin, uh, Brad and me are going to, uh, Colin McRae, Brad Sherwood and me are going to Australia. We'll be in Brisbane, Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, Wellington, Auckland, and then Napier in New Zealand as well. Those last three dates in New Zealand. I haven't forgotten my Kiwi friends. Yes, I'm working on getting a podcast together down there. No, the details haven't been worked out yet. I'm going to try to do one in Oz and try to do one in New Zealand. I want you guys to be able to see me in the Antipodes. I was able and lucky enough to do it eight years ago. I did one in Melbourne and one in um, uh, Wellington City. So we're really hoping to get a couple in, but the schedule is bloody crazy then, Come home for a couple days and go back out on the road. We're going to London. Uh, we'll be at the um, Shakespeare. Oh, first we're going to Paris. We're going to Shakespeare and Company on the 11th of December. And then Who's Line live at Royal Albert Hall, the 15th and 16th. Three shows. That's Josie, Lawrence, Clive Anderson, Colin mockery Brad Sherwood, Jeff Davis, Laura Hall, Linda Taylor, and me uh, for three shows there. And then we play the Soho Theater, which I have on the 17th here. And then I'm going to be at the Comedy Store. Uh, The Soho Theater will be a podcast for my London chums. And then on the 19th, is it, we're at the Comedy Store in London with the Comedy Store Players, my very good alcoholic friends. And I can't wait to do that. Let's dive in and start the show. Although I don't have a lot of time. Here we go. Uh, Hurricane Michael has hit the country. And uh, instead of all the shenanigans of rallies this week and entertaining Kanye West at the White House and all the other sideshow nonsense that stands in the face of his enormous crimes against humanity, he didn't mention Hurricane Michael. He said it was big or something. They took $10 million away from FEMA. No one in Florida has any water. It's been a complete um, cock up. Uh, we, our federal government's been decimated. This is what their idea of helping people is like. If you want to give to the victims of Hurricane Michael, uh, CharityNavigator.org has two pages of worthy charities um, that they rate, so you can get a good look at them. That's CharityNavigator.org. Um, I want to start with a quote Jennifer sent me from Amy Shuler Goodwin. Amy Schuler Goodwin is running for the mayor of Charleston, West Virginia. As you know, we spent some time there, and uh, we went to the Women's Health um center of west virginia which is women's health org, run by sharon lewis repped by katie Canonis. um these women are working so hard every day and the governor there governor justice is it um is a terrible terrible woman hating misogynist um and a, a criminal basically i think i've got it uh, he owes tons of money uh, in fines he's a coal magnate amy shuler goodwin is running as a progressive Enlightened liberal type. And she said this. When people say, Oh, it's the year of the woman, Amy, well, okay, it probably is in a way. But I think it's the year of women who are there out there working hard with good ideas and won't back down. Women who are gonna say, you know what? Thanks, guys, but I've had enough. I'm going to stand my ground and I'm not going to be intimidated by you anymore. Right on. I urge my West Virginia friends to vote for her. You have to understand that the women's health organization of West Virginia doesn't just provide abortions. Women's clinics aren't abortion mills. they're places where women go for pap smears. They're women places where women go for health care. In the West Virginia Clinic we talked to a woman in a room who I didn't we didn't put it on the show because we weren't recording. She wept when she was telling us about having to bring toothbrushes and diapers to women in rural areas and that women have uh, uh, complications with their pregnancies and they live so far away from any medical facilities whatsoever they have to send people out to drive them into town. These are people who are poor and not indigent. They're working poor women and that's how this country treats them. Healthcare should be a right and everyone should be granted it. Full healthcare from cradle to grave. We should also be registered to vote when we're born and then at 18 that kicks in. This keeping democracy for some people, this uh plutocracy this kleptocracy this cacatocracy that um the old white men want to run that the lindsey graham who uh for what it's worth isn't gay and and chuck Grassley is 80 something years old and doesn't know that thinks that women are beleaguering him and mitch mcconnell who said they were assaulted by women stop victimizing yourselves you're rich you're white and nothing bad is going to happen to you um the washington post abc poll has democrats leading 53 to 42 on the congressional ballot um And Trump's approval rating is 41 to 54. Men approving 51%, women 36%. 61% of women do not approve. Um, I think they're in for a big, bloody surprise come November. I really do. I could see women... Cleaning the decks with this. And by the way, that is the narrative that you don't hear. We have to hear about Kanye West and, and 45 said this and um, this corrupt official and Kirsten Nielsen lied again and Wilbur Ross lied about meeting with Steve Bannon to, you know, take the census away from us and the, the White House wants us to pay uh, to protest in front of the White House, which is, of course, the opposite of the First Amendment. But the real narrative is women are running and winning in their droves. Women are killing it. Um, at the ballot box Um, let me just uh, drop this one on you this is from Emily's List Um, there's 8 women running for governor 70 women running for the house and 12 running for the senate and 500 state and local women Um, and that's all pro-choice democrat people it's just extraordinary Um, let's go to Emily's List for a second here this is going to take a while but I I don't care I'm going to read it to you anyway there's low if you go to emilyslist.org and to the donate page Um, There's lots of people here. Stacey Abrams, who, as you know, is running against an incredibly corrupt uh, official who has has struck 53,000 black people from the rolls, the voter rolls in Georgia. Um, He's running for governor and he's in charge of that. So you see how unbelievably fraudulent the entire affair is. Um, Jamil Smith. The first African-American woman nominated by a major party for governor is Stacey Abrams. She has to beat both her opponent and the referee. He's the same person. I wrote about it for Rolling Stone. You can read Jamil Smith's article in Rolling Stone. Brian Kemp is shutting 53,000 Georgians out of the election. Her campaign's calling on Republican Secretary of State. He's the Secretary of State, so he runs the voter rolls. And he's running for governor and has taken the people off the rolls. To resign following a report, his office is using, and this is CNN's wording, not mine, a controversial verification law. It's not a controversial verification law. Let's be very specific. It's a racist law to suppress the minority vote. 53,000 voters on hold. Nearly 7 in 10 of them belong to African-Americans. If that's not racist, I don't know what it is. Mind you, you can show up um, and show your ID and still vote. So don't give up on any of that. If you have any doubt and you're in North Dakota and or Georgia or any of the states where um, they're really trying to queer it, you can go to 866rvote.org, 866rvote.org. It's called Election Protection. You click on In Your State. I'm clicking on it right now. I am clicking on Georgia, upcoming elections in your state, where you can vote, where you can vote, registering to vote, identification requirements, uh, all those things are um, dealt with there, and that is 866rvote.org. Um let Let's see, Emily's list is of course incredibly important, she should run Higher Heights, uh, um, supports women of color, black women, uh, Amy McGrath is a fighter pilot running for office in Kentucky, um, and Shannon tweeted this: "Who uh, tweets at the Stagmania? Beto has a chance to win, and supporting him is good and fine. That's Beto O'Rourke against Ted Cruz in Texas. He's running for Senate. Rosen and Cinema, and that's um, Jackie Rosen in Nevada and Kristen Cinema in Arizona, have a better chance to win, and supporting them is absolutely imperative. Claire McCaskill of Missouri and Hyatt uh, Camp have shown us con- shown up for us consistently and taken some hard votes with courage, and deserve to be defended. They both." voted to deny Judge Kavanaugh his judgeship, of which he now holds. Um, let's see. Stacey Abrams is running for governor of Georgia. Cindy Axney is running for the House in Iowa. Lauren Baer in the House in Florida. Tammy Baldwin trying to um, get back in the Senate and hold onto her seat in the Senate in Wisconsin. These are incredibly important races. Um, Kate Brown, uh, the awesome bisexual governor of Oregon, is up for election. Julia Brownlee in the U.S. House in California. Uh, Linda Coleman, U.S. House North Carolina. Leslie Coburn, U.S. House Virginia. Cherise Davids, Native American, lesbian, veteran, running for the House in Kansas. Inconceivably important and symbolic. Um, to show them that we mean bloody business. Dianne Feinstein running for reelection. No, I'm not down with Kevin DeLeon. No, I don't care about his progressive politics. I was not a Dianne Feinstein fan when I lived in San Francisco when she was mayor. And looking back on my long and naive life, I realize now that she's been on the side of right the entire time. She was a gun control advocate from day jump because she had to go into Harvey Milk and George Moscone's office and find their dead, shot bodies. And uh, she's been staunch since then. Yeah, she's wealthy. A lot of people in the government are wealthy. Some of them are ripping the government off every day by never paying taxes and monetizing and ignoring every constitutional annulment clause that doesn't allow you to do business out of the um, White House. Luba Gretchen Shirley's running for the House in New York, Kristen Gildebrand in New York, Deb Holland in um, New Mexico's running for Congress. Johanna Hayes in Connecticut, the astonishingly awesome Maisie Hirano, who starts every single hearing, including the Brett Kavanaugh one, with have you harassed women? Are you an abuser and harasser of women? Maisie Hirano is astonishingly good. Laura Kelly uh, as governor of Kansas. Kansas needs a change so badly. Molly Kelly uh, as governor of New Hampshire, running for and Kirkpatrick in the house in Arizona, Amy Klobuchar, who you saw have inconceivable dignity and wherewithal and those terrible hearings when Brett Kavanaugh went off on her and what a savage attack on her and her family and alcoholism. And he was just as rude as you could possibly be. And, and frankly, that was disqualifying there. But of course, who cares? Because Mitch McConnell is pure evil personified in the guise of a gigantically ugly turtle. Amy Klobuchar running for the Senate in Minnesota. Uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham, uh, governor of New Mexico. Look how many women governors we could have. It would just be so important. Uh, Claire McCaskill, of course, uh, in Missouri. Debbie Musco Powell in Florida. Stephanie Murphy in Florida. They're both running for the House. Ilan Omar, who's a member of the state legislature in Minnesota, is running for Congress. She is a Muslim. Uh, that would be so exciting to have her in. Gina Ortiz-Jones is running for the House in Texas. Yeah, you're, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep reading these. Gina Raimondo, I'm skipping a bunch. Governor of Rhode Island, Jackie Rosen, imperative that she beat Dean Heller in Nevada, imperative. Mary Gay Scanlon, U.S. House in Pennsylvania. Uh, Donna Shalala is running for the House in Florida. You may remember her. Kirsten Cinema running for the Senate in um, Arizona. And there's this been this whole bullshit narrative around her this week. Her anti-war activities are catching up with her. I'm glad she's anti-war. Don't you remember that Obama ran on an anti-war platform in 2008? I mean, for Christ's sakes, is it wrong to be an activist? Does everything have to be in Nazi-chusets? Tina Smith's running for the Senate in Minnesota. Um, She's the one who took over for Al Franken. And no, I don't wish Al Franken was still in the Senate. I'm glad he resigned. He did the right thing. That's the difference between us and them. We are not the party of Blake Farenthold and Jim Jordan. We're the party of Al Franken and John Conyers, who both resigned when they were uh, accused because they admitted they did something wrong. Rashida Tlaib is running for the House in Michigan. She is also Muslim. Zochitl Torrey Small, running for the House in New Mexico. Um, Elizabeth Warren, running for re-election in Massachusetts. Gretchen Whitmer, governor of Michigan. Think how many governors, women governors we could have. It just changes everything. When women run the government, especially liberal women, Um, things get done. Things improve. The situation improves. Why? Because they listen and they act and they're busier than men. They get more done. It's a statistically proven fact. I'm not making this up and this isn't my opinion. It is statistically proven. Women politicians are more efficient than male politicians. Speaking of which, Celia, who tweets at Celia Bedelia, tweeted this because I was talking about the Women's Health Center in West Virginia and, of course, the Pink House in Mississippi. And uh, I, Georgia has 96% of the women have no access to an abortion clinic in Georgia. It's imperative Stacey Abrams be elected. Um, the nitwit she's running against is violently anti choice. And I've said it before in the show and I'll just say it again. Um, it means you hate women. You don't care about babies. You don't care about fetuses. A fetus means nothing to you. What 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 possible importance does a fetus have in your life? It's the fetus fetus. It's fetus fetish. It's making fetuses more important than women. She wrote, "Lack of abortion access does kill women. Abortion is responsible and also one of the safest medical procedures." It seems like women are the only ones required to be, quote, responsible in this equation. And four, always remember that when people say there are consequences for sex, they're really just talking about women. Um, Keith Boykin wrote this. uh, October headlines. Kavanaugh meltdown confirmed anyway. Trump's fraud tainted $413 million from dad. Trump lobbied Japan for Sheldon Adelson. He lobbied Japan to give Sheldon Adelson a giant casino contract. That's a complete violation of the Constitution. Uh, Saudi money boosts Trump hotels. Uh, Jared Kushner paid no taxes. New plan to separate kids and parents. Kanye in the Oval Office. Trump praises Confederate. That's so far this month. We'll get to some other things. Um, I wanted to talk about how women are treated um, a little bit more. Treating women right and showing women respect, electing them to office, not killing them, not abusing them, not silencing them, giving them their rights, giving them their health care is the most important thing in the world. There is nothing more important. No, whatever you think is more important isn't more important than treating women with respect and giving them their full share in society. And I mean, women of color, uh, uh, white women, Asian women, uh, Native American women, any women you can think of, That's what's most important. They're at the forefront of every war. They cook all the food. They do all the menial jobs in the United States. They're all the housekeepers and chambermaids in every hotel I stay at. Um, Nothing is more important than showing women some respect. This is um, from the Daily Mail. A top Russian investigator involved in a serious economic crimes and corruption cases has been shot dead in Moscow. The investigative committee, Moscow's branch, told the Russian news agencies, Colonel um, Yevgenia Shishkina was shot in the neck on October 10th when she was leaving her apartment block near the capital. The committee spokeswoman Olga Vrata said Shishkina had received threats and that her car was burned in an arson attack several months ago. They said in a statement, "Its chief Alexander Belyukin took the investigation into Shishkina's killing under his personal control and ordered the main investigation. She's been running down corruption in the Russian government. Vladimir Putin." kills the people who defy him i can't count the number of people who've been thrown off of a building died in their hotel room of course jennifer's favorite peter smith who had two um, oxygen tanks in his room and left a suicide note that said there has been no foul play Um, he also has killed dozens of reporters and that's what we're getting to next here um, the brave colonel had no reason to die, and it was clearly an assassination. Victoria Marinova uh, ran a talk show in Bulgaria called Detector for a small private TV, uh, TV and television. It had uh, broadcast interviews with journalists Dimitar Stenayev from Vival BG website and Atila Atila, yeah, people are named Attila in Bulgaria, uh, from the Romanian Rise Project about an investigation of an alleged fraud between EU funds linked to big business and politicians. Marinova was murdered last week, um, horribly. And uh, the government is, of course, claiming that it wasn't about her politics or the fact that she was exposing corruption in Bulgaria. They said it was a simple, horrible um, crime of abuse. Uh, She was terribly abused before she died. Ms. Marinova is a hero. Then there's Jamal Khashoggi. Jamal Khashoggi was going into the Turkish embassy to look into some wedding documents. He was about to get married. His bride-to-be is still alive. He hasn't been seen in a week. Now, this is a very serious issue because um, Jared Kushner, of course, is up to his eyeballs in business deals with Prince Salman. Um, Orange 45's treating this like, well, it might happen. It might not happen. And then he said, oh, there's going to be serious punishment. Um, they support this. Uh former Ambassador McFaul, um said today, and it's true, the United States actually doesn't need Saudi Arabia for anything. We're supporting their genocide that they're committing in the Yemen. And the previous administration, by the way, supported Saudi Arabia too. So did the Bush administration. The Obama administration did too. They made giant deals with them. Just in case you think I'm not being fair or I have blinders on. The problem with Saudi is they're a giant arms dealer to us. We They buy, or rather, we're a giant arms dealer to them. They buy gajillions of dollars worth of arms from us and they are our biggest ally outside of israel in the middle east which is really weird since they're on opposing sides they also are responsible for funneling a lot of the money through to terrorist organizations you may recall how many terrorists on the 9-11 jet were saudis and yet we do business with them yet we're letting them run wild In a dream world, 45 would have the power to silence reporters. And in the super dream world of his, he would have the power to exile them and execute them. Well, that's exactly what happened to uh, Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, He was living in the United States and was a a registered person here. He wasn't some foreigner. Uh, uh, The other day, uh, 45 ran. Well, he wasn't an American, was he? His congressman weighed in and said, he's a constituent of mine. This is a crime that's heinous beyond measure because the Turkish people claim there's tape of him and what they say happened to him I can't even begin to describe. He was one of the few public intellectuals to openly critique the new administration of Prince Mohammed. The Saudi government's denied any involvement in the Khashoggi disappearance and said he left the consulate via a back entrance. No, he didn't. He never appeared again. And of course, they're threatening everybody that if we dig too deep, they're going to pull their money from us. Um, I would like nothing more than to cut off diplomatic relations with Saudi Arabia. Um, they're a despot state. The people of Saudi Arabia, perfectly nice. Um, the Wahhabi cult, that, or clan uh, that runs the state is a, a terrible sect, and they've had way too much say in American politics for far too long. When W used to kiss him and hold his hand, it made me sick to my stomach. That was the previous, that was uh, King Fahd. Uh, he was one of the uh, uh, Demo- uh, Democratic senators on the U.S. Foreign Relations Committee, Said on the basis of classified U.S. intelligence briefings to the committee, which, by the way, we now know, from um, Ka- Kelly and Mattis and whatnot, Pompeo, that um, we might have known before they were going to kill him. And we didn't do a damn thing about it. Said on the basis of uh, briefings to the committee, Khashoggi had either been murdered by the Saudis or rendered back to Saudi Arabia. Rendered means kidnapped forcibly and put in a plane and then taken to a room where you're tortured. Um, by the way, I want you to note the sentence on that. It's, this is from the Guardian newspaper. Democratic senators, you haven't heard a peep. From the Republicans because they're complicit. Let's talk about Kanye and this sideshow for just a minute. I'm not going to give my opinion. I'm going to read um from uh, several different black authors. Stereo Williams writes for The Daily Beast. In George W. Bush, Kanye had a president whom he made who he made feel inadequate. In Obama, Kanye had a president who dismissed him outright. As you recall, Obama called him a jackass, a talented jackass. Now Kanye has a president who makes him feel important and it's that ego-driven power trip that seems to be driving so much of the sideshow. Right now you give me the heart to go to Adidas, he told 45. Uh, We have a $30 billion market cap. It's called the Yeezy effect. I went to blah, blah, blah in a meeting in Chicago and then he lied and said, we have to make middle America strong and the note that Stereo Williams makes is Yeezy sneakers are made in China. Tip, the rapper, the author, the producer said this. It's the most repulsive, disgraceful, embarrassing act of desperation and auctioning off one soul to gain power. I've ever seen. Kanye asked him to join him at the white house. Cause tip did a record with him. And tip says, T I um, he's damn glad he rejected the offer. You ask kissing and bootlicking on a whole new level. And I refuse to associate myself with something so vile, weak, and inconsiderate to the effect that this has on the greater good of all our people. Jonathan Capehart in the Washington Post. Trump has not earned the respect of African Americans whom he thinks should love him. He's always insulting black women. Representative Frederica S. Wilson, Representative Maxine Waters, and even Amorosa, I added the even, have been slammed by the president. He lauded the very fine people among the Nazis and white supremacists who marched on Charlottesville, resulting in the death of Heather Heyer in August 2017, and his denunciation of shithole countries he wasn't talking about Norway. West's antics before a smiling Trump are all the more galling because the president of the United States should have better things to do. He could have assured the nation that his administration was on top of things in the Florida panhandle after hurricane Michael tore it down. He could have been hunkered down with his economic advisors over the free falling stock market. He could have been working the phones to demand answers about the frightening disappearance of my colleague Jamal Khashoggi. He could have spoken out publicly in defense of freedom of the press Michael Eric Dyson, someone I quote quite often on this show because he's a genius. He's a reverend, he's a doctor, he's a professor. And he wrote many, many books. But of course, uh, the one that I'm constantly quoting from is tears, we cannot stop. Dyson accused West of furthering white supremacy. And this is what he said. He was on the Ari Melbourne show and I watched it. It's quite good. He called West a ventriloquist dummy for white supremacists. This is the time for us to say to Kanye, we as the African American people cannot stand idly by while you give cover to a man who's proved to be a white supremacist. This is white supremacy by ventriloquism. A black mouth is moving, but white racist ideals are flowing from Kanye West's mouth. Um, yeah, I just wanted to read you those things because I felt like maybe it's better to hear from African American people. Um, The New York Times, over the past decade, Jared Kushner's family company spent billions of dollars buying real estate. I wanted to read you the byline on this, Jesse Drucker and Emily Flitter. And The New York Times is by and large, has some inconceivably awful columnists like Barry Weiss, Brett Stevens, and David Oxelrod, who are utterly useless. They also have the wonderful Charles M. Blow and Paul Krugman. And occasionally, uh, they do some magnificent investigative reporting, the tax fraud, Story from two weeks ago. By the way, that was only two weeks ago. And Jesse Drucker and Emily Flitter's story. His net worth has quintupled to $324 million, and yet for several years running, Mr. Kushner, his son-in-law and senior White House advisor, appears to have paid almost no federal income taxes. Mr. Krishner's company didn't uh, appear to actually lose any money. The losses were driven by depreciation, a tax benefit that lets real estate investors deduct a portion of the cost of their buildings from their taxable income every year. Remember, Mr. Krishner's father went to prison for being a crooked real estate investor and developer. In 2015, Krishner took home 1.7 in salary, The earnings are swamped by 8.3 million of losses because of significant depreciation. In theory, it's supposed to shield real estate developers from having their big investments whittled away by wear and tear in their building. In practice, The allowance often represents a lucrative giveaway to developers like Mr. Trump and Mr. Kushner. I'll leave that there. There's no reason the man should be in the White House. There's no reason that she should have security clearance. There's no reason that he should be in giant deals with the Saudis and have access to our innermost secrets and be selling them clearly to the highest bidder. I'm hoping that um, Robert Mueller's next indictments are um, Don Jr. and Jared Kushner because they're a threat to the United States. Melania... She talked about her jacket. First of all, she said she was the most bullied person in the world this week. Well, I think you'll find that um, black children in stores who are accused of uh, sexually harassing women. I think you'll find that people who are shot summarily by the cops. I think you'll find that Heather Heyer, um, a lot of people are more bullied than you. For instance, uh, for instance, Dr. Ford, uh, who gave her testimony with uh, dignity, bearing grace and uh, a certain deference uh, it's way more of a, being bullied uh, by both Brett Kavanaugh, by the Senate, uh, by the president, or whatever he is. This whole this total victimization, aggrievement thing, all conservatives are completely aggrieved and uh, victimized by everyone else. It's always someone else's fault. This is right out of the autocratic fascist playbook. All fascists blame the other for everything bad that they're doing, and they also project on everyone else. The evil that they're uh, up to. For instance, there's a constant theme that uh, uh, the Democrats are, that Hillary was a pedophile running a pedophile ring out of a pizza parlor. Well, the Republicans are running a pedophile ring. It's called the internment of the migrant children. The refugee children that come to this country, separated from their parents, sent to camps, is a recipe for human trafficking and pedophilia. And there's really no other way to slice and dice that one. Um, we should probably put some humor in the show at some point. But I really wanted to stop for a minute and just say, as much as I feel bad for Melania and think that she was actually purchased by 45, um, also she's a, a complete fascist and there's really no sympathizing with her. Wearing the um, uh, the coat that said, I don't care, I really don't care, to visit the migrant refugee camp, uh, prison camp, concentration camp, was a, was a terrible, um, awful thing to do and really shows that she doesn't. Uh, have any human feelings um, she appears to light up when she 's around children she appears to have some sort of you know human feelings when she 's around her son and she at least mentions her family as opposed to forty five but the i don 't care about is cheating um, and uh, the left wing media being the the big mean bully that 's hurting her i don 't think so. You have all the protection in the world one and two, no one ever holds um, 45 to account for his cheating there's never a direct question about his abuse of women and his cheating and yet we're perpetually asking hillary clinton to explain away bill clinton's uh behavior from the past it's a double standard in my opinion what bill clinton did wasn't great um but monica Lewinsky. uh was a willing accomplice it was completely an abuse of power there's no question of that i'm not parsing it in any way but what i'm saying is that the media constantly asks hillary to atone for it and no one ever asks that 45 be held accountable um especially his christian base that seems to love him so much and often repeat that he was sent by god to save them and whatnot which is more revolting than i can possibly imagine Mm -hmm. if god is that venal uh I don't want to know him. Uh, Moving on, uh, we're on the road with uh, Who's Live uh, coming up real soon. Uh, We go back out again uh, right after I do Nightmare Before Christmas, and we're on the road in November. Here we are. I found myself. We'll be at the Fox Theater in Tucson on November 1st, uh, the Akita Theater in Mesa, Arizona, November 2nd, the City National Grove of Anaheim. Wow. The City National Grove of Anaheim on the 3rd and in uh, San Luis Obispo on November 4th. Uh, That's Ryan Stiles, me, Joelle Murray of Madman fame, and uh, Jeff Davis uh, from a little thing called Harmon Town. Yeah, we're going back out for a little road trip. And uh, we're going to be spending Halloween in Tucson, so if you have any suggestions... I'll entertain them. I wanted to end on a couple of notes here. Uh, One, I think women are taking back the power in a big and beautiful way. Um, I think there's a lot of women comedians out there who are fighting the good fight day in and day out. Uh, Obviously, Kathy Griffin, Kathleen Madigan, um, Jackie Cation, Laurie Kilmartin, Margaret Cho, Chelsea Handler. Um, They're all using their voice to amplify Aisha Tyler and uh rectify and modify and they're commenting on what's going on and i want all my sisters to know that uh i think nothing could be more important than women's voices being heard right now this avalanche of unbelievable white toxic male privilege that's poisoned the dialogue in this country that's uh, made it impossible to have any common sense just shouting and winning and we won and Uh, And stomping over all women's rights and all women's feelings makes me sick. Um, This is from Elle magazine. I wanted to talk about two authors uh, who are both very pointed um, political pundits and uh, keen-eyed observers. Rebecca Traister, who generally writes for The Cut, and um, Soraya Chamali. They both have books out about female anger. Uh, Rebecca Tracer's book is called Good and Mad, The Revolutionary Power of Women's Anger. And Soraya Chamali's book is called Rage Becomes Her. Um, I haven't read them yet. Uh, they've just come out, uh, but I intend on reading them. But I wanted to read this, a couple of items from this article from Elle magazine. Uh, and the byline is uh, Brianna Covan. In September, San Juan Mayor Carmen Yulín Cruz made a plea to President Trump for aid in the wake of Hurricane Maria. I'm done being light, polite. I'm done being politically correct. I'm mad as hell. Uh, Ten months later, at a rally to protest the administration's family separation and immigration policy, uh, Representative Maxine Waters refused to be silenced in the face of death threats. All I have to say is this. If you shoot me, you'd better shoot straight. There's nothing like a wounded animal. Fueled by decades of unchecked misogyny and galvanized by mass protests, virtual and IRL, American women have opened the floodgates of fury. As we approach the midterm, the collective outrage is getting louder. Intercultural critic Rebecca Traister whose new book, Good and Mad, The Revolutionary Power of Women's Anger, tracks the history of female rage from the suffragettes to the shitty media men list. Oh, by the way, I want to stop here and uh, mention that you can go to a a GoFundMe page uh, for Moira Donegan uh, about her shitty men list. She's being sued uh, by Stephen Elliott for having the temerity to have compiled a list of men who are awful. And uh, I wanted to... uh, Yes, I found it. Roxanne Gay, uh, the uh, noted uh, woman of color feminist author, uh, uh, points it out on her uh, Twitter feed here. Uh, it's at gofundme.com and then it's stroke hz 8s sqxq uh, But you'll find it. It's Moira Donegan, uh, M O I R A D O N E G A N S. Moira Donegan did us a huge favor. She made our world safer and has paid more than her share. Now she's going to need some help. This is for her legal and security bills and anything else she'll need. Any leftover funds will be donated to Rain. That's R-A-I-N-N. I I needed to do something. This is what I could do. I know a lot of you feel the same. More than anything, I want to see Moira see the army she has behind her. The reason is Stephen Elliott, a New York-based writer, is suing Moira Donegan, the creator of the shitty media men list, for libel and emotional distress. Um, His lawyer... Is a real Titanic um, creep who defends a lot of guys um, who uh, perform terrible abuse of women and are uh, generally awful. Uh, so Moira Donegan is going to need the money because uh, this is a very serious, uh, a serious lawsuit. Um, the lawyer's name is uh, Andrew Miltenberg of Nessenoff and Miltenberg. He used to be a business litigator, and now he spent the last five years, this is according to Mother Jones, making name as one of the foremost defenders of male college students accused of sexual violence. Um... In in 2013, a former associate uh, brought him a new kind of client, a man who'd been expelled from Vassar for an alleged sexual assault, used Title IX, the federal law banning gender discrimination, to sue Vassar for discriminating against men accused of sexual violence. The Vassar case failed, but since then, Miltenberg has become the go-to lawyer for students facing allegations of sexual misconduct, uh, including the famous one of poor Emma Solkowitz, who dragged it. Mattress around the campus, and she'd accused Paul Nungesser of um, assaulting her. Of course, uh, they settled out of court, and he's also represented a guy at Colorado State. He's a creep. He's a super creep. Uh, Mora started um, the list and was forced to go public with it. It was part of, uh, let's see here, Uh, this is from Bitch Media. The shitty media men list was not created to damage the reputation and career of anyone listed. It was a version of a whisper network that women used to warn other women about bad experiences they'd had within their professional circles. Okay, so moving back to Rebecca Traister's book. um, Anger has often been the sparking impetus for long-lasting legal or institutional reform in the United States, but women rarely get credit for catalyzing national movements. As often the case, much of the unrecognized work is done by women of color. her sights Mamie Till's decision to publish her son Emmett's beaten face in Jet magazine, which helped launch the civil rights music. Alicia Garza, who co-founded Black Lives Matter after George Zimmerman was cleared of Trayvon Martin murder. Tarana Burke, who founded the Me Too movement eleven years before the hashtag went viral. Rage is an effective tool, but women aren't supposed to be mad. Um, I I agree utterly. Um, If women are mad, they're hysterical. If women are mad, uh, they're having a bad day. If women are mad, they're on their period. There's a million reasons why women are mad. But men are allowed to be enraged all the time. It's a natural state of men to be angry and uh, stomp on everybody. Sora Chimaila unpacks the muzzle potential in her debut book, Rage Becomes Her, The Power of Women's Anger. She explains how girls are taught to swallow their frustrations by adulthood. They're marketed surgeries to fix resting bitch face. Behind clenched teeth, Uma Thurman said to Access Hollywood about The inappropriate behavior in the workplace. I've learned that when I've spoken in anger, I usually regret the way I express myself. (sighs) And then a new movie's coming out with a Star Carter uh, played by Amanda Stenberg plays a Star Carter. It's called The Hate You Give. She watches a police officer kill her childhood friend and soon she's addressing protesters via megaphone. We're all witnesses to this injustice. We see it all and we will not stop until the world sees it too. Um, It's the season of rage for women and quite bloody right. And this is what I want to leave you with on a note of hope. Um, Women's power unharnessed will change this world. Um, The election is one good example of it. And the continuing hectoring of this administration um, by a good deal of women in government and in public. Uh, Them trying to stop us. From protesting uh, and and silencing women's voices, uh, the way they silence Dr. Ford, the way they uh, try to silence Hillary, the way they silence women of color constantly, the way that uh, 45 attacks people of color and women of color in particular incessantly. We need to channel this rage, and I think women are going to change everything. So remember to get out there and vote, uh, and also to register to vote. And uh, if you have had any. if you have experienced abuse or you need to talk to someone about it, you have to call RAIN at 1 800 656 4673. Together, we're going to get this done. There is no stopping the unbridled force of the majority of the people of the United States. His base, or whatever the New York Times keeps searching for his elusive base, are largely older, angry, and let's be honest, ugly. Um, inside and out white people who are clinging to the last vestiges of a changing demographic and holding on to their privilege for all it's worth this is, can, and will change and you're the ones who are going to do it Um, I have been Greg Proops you have been the smartest crowd in the world I wish you nothing uh, but love